Hey everybody, Jim here to let you know that this episode of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast is brought to you by the Hulu original series Hellstrom. Right in time for Halloween, Hellstrom is a mature, suspenseful, mysterious, scary, dark, thrilling, chilling, authentic, edgy, action-packed series. It's produced by Marvel Television and is more horror than hero and perfect for October, the scariest month of the year. The best thing is you don't have to wait until Halloween to get your treats because all the episodes of Hulu's Hellstrom are now streaming only on Hulu. I mean now. You go over now, you're going to be watching the Hellstrom. Hellstrom is essentially the story of a very complicated family, a woman who fell in love with a bad guy, discovered it much too late, and a horrible, traumatic family incident that tore everyone apart. I mean, that is crazy enough. It's a story of two broken children who were estranged and raised separately, becoming two very different people. And this is not a story about kids discovering their powers and being all happy and all about that. They're adults who have grown up apart and now have to learn to deal with the emotional baggage they've acquired throughout the years. And most families have skeletons in their closet and demons, stuff like that. I know my family's crazy enough. Nothing like the Hellstroms. And again, the best thing is you can go over right this instant, go over to Hulu and start streaming the Hulu original series Hellstrom right now. Now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. And this Thursday spotlight episode is going to spotlight a show that I do on our Patreon account, Detective Comics Before Batman. It's about Slam Bradley. And his buddy, Shorty. Now, Slam Bradley, if you don't know, was one of the bigger detectives before Batman took over in Detective Comics number 27. And he's not a good guy. It's kind of a piece of crap. But we end up laughing at him, not with him. So as we end up going into this episode, something that came out back in July, it is Slam Bradley undercover in grade school. And this is just, again, to give you a little idea of some of the shows that we do on the Patreon, and if you want to check out more, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Check out all of these shows that we have. This is just one of them, but here we go with Slam Bradley undercover in grade school. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Detective Comics Before Batman, Episode 6. And it's going to be a bit of a kindergarten cop episode because the story that we're going to be talking about is called Slam Bradley Undercover in Grade School. And it's written by Jerry Siegel, pencils by Joe Schuster, inks by Joe Schuster. And it's pretty good. And if we're going to get an issue... That isn't as, you know, over-the-top awful. This might be it. It also kind of tickles my fancy that we are doing a kindergarten cop type thing. And in that, you have the added deal of Shorty also being undercover as a kid going to a school while Slam is undercover as a teacher. And both of them run into some problems again, though. We're going to center more on Shorty. You end up having Slam just, I think that Siegel and Schuster are having problems of what to do 
with Slam because basically he comes off half cocked all the time and just beats up people. And that's not as interesting as you end up having Shorty who ends up being on the run all the time. And it's one of those things. It's funny before we get into this, it actually kind of goes in with the whole idea in my mind of how Jackie Chan became so big because you have a lot of action heroes that end up, you know, an Arnold or a Sylvester Stallone or even a Jean-Claude Van Damme where they're just kicking ass constantly. And then all of a sudden Jackie Chan shows up and he gets the crap kicked out of him just as much as he ends up kicking butt himself and usually in pratfalls and things like that. And I'm telling you, Shorty ends up very much in that Jackie Chan-esque vein because you end up at points where, especially in this issue where, Siegel and Schuster, they also have to allow Shorty to end up having some sort of abilities, ends up pretty much doing Gymkata at one point, but we'll get to that. We end up jumping into this issue that came out July of 1937, and we start off with that big credits page, Slam Bradley, he is punching a guy, punching him so hard that it looks like the guy has flipped over and is possibly dead. What is going on here? Well, we find out through the dialogue of Slam that this was a former bully of his from school. And and this is what happens in a lot of these older issues, is the idea that everything that goes on has to have not a setup for the story, but a theme. Everything has to be theme-based. So while this is going on, that we're going to have a deal in school, you got to force that issue, but also you're just going to lead in with Slam beating the crap. And he says, if I wasn't so sore at you, I'd kiss you, boy. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And then in the little description narration box, wham, no, it's not an earthquake. It's merely your old pal, Slam Bradley, added again. I added again, meaning breaking laws and beating people up randomly. This time, he has met up with the former bully of his schoolboy days and is evening up a few old scores. I believe he has murdered a man, and it it makes him feel great. He ends up going then to Shorty to say, All right, Shorty, that did me good. That did the old heart great. You know what? Since I'm so fired up now, let's go back to my old grade school and visit my sixth grade teacher. And Shorty's just there, just just at the beginning. I do want to point out that the way Shorty is drawn in this, if you haven't seen him, yeah, yes, he's short. He he has a big nose. He's very cartoony compared to the rest. But he also looks like an 80-year-old man. And, and though they always go, the short stature will end up making him. I mean, I'm waiting for the issue where he is dressed up as a baby smoking a cigar because that has to be coming eventually. And if it does, I'm all in because I love that. But you end up where Shorty, he he says, you want to go back to your old school days? I'm still trying to forget mine. We see right away, Shorty, he's a victim, this guy. He ends up going, and when he dresses up as a school kid, he immediately gets attacked. By every kid in the school He just has that kind of face I guess Well you end up where they go back to Visit Miss Quayle The old teacher The 6th grade teacher of Slam Uh, They make her look like Pretty much that spinster I think it is on purpose It's the 
Miss Quail. Oh, she's, you know, the spinster teacher. No, but it comes into play by the end. And she's like, she can't just remember Sam right away. Plus, Sam himself. Seems like he's like 55. So, so this poor lady, I mean, what did she, what's she, 110? She can't remember. She's like, well, uh, are, Isidore Pincus, are you? Um, wait a minute. You're Slam, Slam Bradley. And then I, I just laugh. I'm like, I guess Slam is his given name, <laughs> Slam. And that's where Shorty says, that's right. He's the greatest detective ever. And that's what gets Miss Quail all fired up a detective. Well, come with me. I have something to say to you. We got to go to the principal. And yeah, you end up Slam thinks he's in trouble. What have I done? And then Shorty pretty much throws some shade at Slam. Like, oh, how'd you get us into this nonsense? They do go to the principal's office. The principal says, I think we're going to need your services. You're a detective. Well, we have had some vandals breaking into lockers in the school. And right there, I just... The things that Slam and Shorty have been involved with, while not end-of-the-world sort of situations, but the idea that they are going to take this job of possibly just kids breaking into lockers, it's ridiculous. But that's why you should know that it's not just that. There's more going on than meets the eye here. Well, you end up, okay, well, we're going to investigate these lockers being broken into what we probably should do you know go around and question some of the teachers maybe ask the kids maybe find out what lockers were broken into talk to the kids whose lockers those no 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 instead to figure out this crazed locker vandal slam's gonna pretend he's a teacher and shorty's gonna put on pretty much Got the wardrobe of Angus Young from ACDC so that he could go to school. And, and Shorty, he, he don't want to do this. He doesn't want to do this at all. Now, they end up at a point where both Slam and Shorty want to quit. They don't want to do this. They think it's bullcrap. Shorty, because he immediately gets attacked by every single kid in the school. He even says the only kids who didn't beat me up were the ones that I ran faster than. It, you see his first deal where they add, hey, at first the students meet a reluctant newcomer student. Then they're introduced to the instructor. The first panel is Shorty at his desk with a kid slamming him over the head with an encyclopedia. While Slam ends up being very, he, he doesn't know how to act like a teacher. It's Again, this is the kindergarten cop part. Hey, hey kids, I, I mean, h- hello, fellas. No, I mean, Quiet class <laughs> And and the thing that's funny about this There hasn't been enough set up yet If there was This would be in my mind Where you do have the kindergarten cop deal The fun of it is seeing somebody You know a fish out of water And then trying to react And trying to run things the way that they know One of the things that I like In some of the like Little Gotham's and the tiny titans, things like that, where you will have these situations where you'll have like Deathstroke is a principal, but he runs it like Deathstroke. But here, you don't get enough time or set up here. It's just the idea that Slam is kind of nervous. You haven't really seen him like this before, so it's kind of funny. But what ends up happening is at lunchtime, Shorty goes to Slam and says, we got to get the hell out of here. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get killed. 
uh, these kids are after me. They're going to slice my throat. This is not a good school. Slam wants to leave, too. He's like, yeah, well, you think you have it bad. How do you feel? I'm a teacher, and I don't know shit, and I feel like an ignoramus. Exactly the words. He actually says, I felt like an ignoramus. So he just wants to go because he is a guy who likes to talk with his fists and smooch the ladies. He he doesn't know anything about maths and, and geography. He wants to get the hell out. So they end up storming down to the principal's office. We're gonna do it. We're gonna go over to Mr. Townsend. We're gonna tell him that we're gonna quit this flat. And Shorty, I love when Shorty gets all pissed off and he's like, Now you're talking. He's walking with him. Uh yeah, here's where we get to where you, you start getting the sexist part of this, where they go in, they bust in. When they bust into <laughs> the principal's office, a, a young Miss Campbell, the the history teacher, she's leaving the office, and you end up having Principal Townsend like, oh, oh, you haven't met our history teacher, Miss Campbell. And you end up Miss Campbell saying, oh, Mr. Townsend's been telling me all about how you're helping us you guys are so wonderful. I think you're. They end up staying. Then what? Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna solve this case. And, and then she leaves. And then you end up having Slam and Shorty both saying like, "Yeah, we couldn't leave this school in distress like this, right? Because you know." And then Shorty just pretty much says, "And yeah, that Miss Campbell's hot. We gotta stay." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are awful." Well, they end up finally because again. This whole investigation has involved no investigating. They are just pretending to be a teacher and a student. This is the part where pretty much Slam gets left behind. You don't really see him in his class, which I thought would have been fun. I would have, I would have loved it to see him just getting you know bullied by the kids and things like that. Give him some of his medicine. Well, you end up where you have Shorty see a guy jimmying the locks of a locker. And he's like, I did it. It's over. I found it. Happens to be the janitor. And the janitor is actually looking to fix the... He's not breaking into things. He's trying to fix things. And so you end up where Slam says, well, finally decides maybe we should investigate. You know, this is what we're kind of doing here. Hey, uh, janitor, what's been stolen from these lockers? And the janitor says, oh, that's the weird thing. Nothing. Nothing's been stolen. It seems like people are opening lockers. And then doing nothing. And you end up having slams like, really? Like, you're sh- you're sure nothing's been stolen? No, I'm positive of it. And then Shorty, in his way, ends up just laughing about it. Huh, <laughs> these dumb crooks. It's like they're looking for something rather than stealing. And then that's it. Slam says, that's it. You're a genius, Shorty. Shorty's just sitting there with a question mark. He has no idea anytime he does anything. And he's like, you're a genius. They must be looking for something. You hit it square on the head. And the janitor's all in, oh, man, but what would they be looking for? And that's that's the big mystery now. The big mystery is why. Now, in the meantime, when we do reveal what's going on, it, it really is ridiculous in the time frame that's going on. And really, one of the kids in the school should be the richest kid in the whole town and should be loving it. He, the, Cleveland has never seen a richer kid. Than what this kid should be But it seems like nobody's paying attention To things Now I in my school Up until you know up until high school I had won each year This may be a shock to everyone But I did win each year Messiest Locker 
And, and really what I used to joke, I and mean, I thought it was kind of a funny joke. I used to say that it was as if, you know, you were an archaeologist going and when they would go and, and dig through the remains or ruins of a city and then you'd see the next layer of the town before that and then underneath is another town and you get that's how that's how my locker was with kind of the seasons you, you'd have the winter coats on the bottom then in the middle you got some of the spring stuff and, and it was you could just see it in layers by the time at the end of the year I, I had no room and just bailed but you end up where we have to find out what is being looked for what are they trying to whoever's breaking in what are they trying to do well we take a little detour to set up that by going to science class where you have a Mr. Pershing. And Mr. Pershing uh, reminds me if you had seen any old commercials, even jokes about them. They do some really good ones in the, you know, older episodes of The Simpsons where he is a scientician, also seems to be a bit of a nutritionist. And he says that if you end up having a proper diet, you will never be scared. The the fright and the scared and being afraid is all based on an improper diet. He claims that because of his diet, he's never been afraid and he is even keeled. And he says this to the class, class dismissed, go off. And one of the big things for him that he says is the proper diet, it's kind of funny. It is actually like a keto diet thing. Maybe he's on to something. Uh, you eat one steak each afternoon, just a steak. Now, I say he's a keto man, but before he eats the steak, unfortunately, he eats a energizing dextrose-rich chocolate bar. So he's not exactly a keto guy, but he's getting there. But he ends up saying, and it's funny, this is where I think, and if those old commercials, what I'm saying about is when you end up having like, try Dr. Goobly Gooks. You know, sugar supplement, it helps your Q-zone, you know, and stuff. A lot of times it's with the beer. Oh, my, I drink tough beer because it helps me in my Q-zone. You know, all these things. And so he ends up saying, I eat this dextrose-rich chocolate bar because that'll send my courage up to the nth degree. And he eats it as three gangsters, of course, one called Muggsy. You, you can't have three gangsters and not at least one called Muggsy. Maybe two are. Ends up putting a gun to his head Even breathing, you're a dead man Which pretty much makes Old Mr. Pershing pass out He he faints uh, You know, Mr. I don't get scared He faints Now the funny thing is You end up having the one guy, the one gangster He fainted And then the other Maybe he should have ate two steaks for dinner How do they know that that's what he's teaching? They, they weren't in the class <laughs> What does he have, a book out? Like, ah. Eh. Stop the comedy, boys. You have the main gangster. He's like, get rid of him to where he won't be found. What they do is toss him out the window. I think he might be found. They say they, they toss him out the window through which they ended up coming in. But the problem is this is in his classroom. This guy also seems like he's cooking up steaks in the science lab. But he was just eating a candy bar. But still, you end up, they toss him out of the classroom. But the kids are coming in. It's the, you know, class is starting. Kids are coming in. Of course, shorties right there with the kids. And they come in and you have these three guys just looking like thugs. They don't know what to do. The main guy says, hey, Muggsy, you know, t tell, tell the kids you're the teacher and we're visiting professors. And like, all right. And Muggsy starts the session. And Muggsy, classic, 
classic gangster as he's trying to teach a class. Now, again, I don't know why they have to go through all of this. <laughs> they actually teach what set a 45 minute class. Saying it's the most amazing 45 minute class that any of the kids have ever had. I can only imagine. They don't show you. It's all bad. I just imagine it. And, and this is how you jimmy a car. And this is what you do to a snitch. I just imagine stuff like that. Just all of that. And these kids are going to go up. Every one of them will commit a murder within a week. But the thing is, it starts off with Muggsy asking a question to Shorty. Of course, it's got to be Shorty. And he says, and I'm going to read it exactly the way it's written with this. You, you with the big snoop. Tell me how many gallons days is in a court and no wisecracks, see? And Shorty's like, uh, if you mean how many courts in a gallon, four. So he's like, he's trying to, you know, that doesn't make sense, but uh, the guy doesn't like it. Muggsy is pissed. Uh, I mean what I said, you smart punk, eh? I order. And he's about to punch him right in the face. He gets, <laughs> Shorty's like, I guess I was wrong. And they end up giving him the dunce cap. They put him in the corner. And then he listens, and it says, after the most amazing 45 minutes of its life, the class is dismissed. The three interlopers hurriedly confer, unaware that Shorty, too afraid to move, is listening, stupefied to every word. He is listening in because he's in the corner with the dunce cap, and here's basically that these guys were bank robbers. They ended up stealing a bunch of money, and they put it in a satchel. They were being chased by the police. And old Muggsy ended up putting it in a locker, and he can't remember which locker. And it's a ton of money. And this is what I said. There is a kid in the school. It doesn't, it seems like they've been, you know, popping in and out trying to figure this out, opening up a couple lockers. This could be weeks that this has happened. We don't know. What is this kid doing when he goes into his locker? Oh, my, a satchel. I wonder, oh, money. Okay. Well, I'm off the class ice goes. I mean, this kid has millions of dollars, maybe thousands, in his locker, and he hasn't done anything about it. He hasn't reported it. He hasn't done it. It's just sitting there because then that's when you end up having Shorty run off when he hears this to go tell Slam what's what, goes to the principal's office. Oh, my God, there's these bank robbers. They're in the building now. They're trying to get the the robbers just come in here, guns drawn, end up saying, hey, you got a, a cool little story. You tell in there, buddy. And so what they do is they pretty much, Shorty kind of just is there. He, he's not doing much at this point, but you end up having one of the gangsters goes over to the principal. The principal has to make an announcement, the announcement that all students are ordered to instantly search their lockers for a black satchel, which, if found, is to be brought down to my office at once. Now, I thought there was an open mic, one of those live mic problems here that you always have, where you don't turn off the mic and then you start talking nonsense and then you get in trouble, where the gangster right away, say one word and this gun goes off. I'm like, I wonder if that went over the Is that going to be what Slam hears then and realizes, oh, no, something's in trouble? That That's not what happens. What Slam hears is just that announcement. All students are ordered to instantly search their lockers for a black satchel, which it found is to be brought down to my office. Now, right away, you see this kid, the dumbest kid in Cleveland. This kid has ignored the satchel. Number one, it's brown. It's not black. So he's not even paying attention. But you end up, 
I found it, Miss Campbell. I found it. It was in my locker. What have you been doing? It has tons of money in it. He just, I don't understand. Okay, well, we'll go down the office. In the meantime, there's Slam. <laughs> and the, the best to it looks like he's grading tests. They've been there one day. Maybe to, he's grading tests. All of a sudden, he hears this. Ooh, it doesn't sound kosher to me. I better look into this. So he's going to look into it. It's just the idea of having this announcement. So he goes, but he sees Miss Campbell. Sexy Miss Campbell on her way to the principal's office with the satchel, and you end up having Slam stop, you know, stops her, says, I'll take that. I think something's up. Let's go. They go into the principal's office. You have the gangsters with their guns drawn. And when Slam sizes up the situation, he ends up throwing the satchel. Again, it's always Shorty who ends up in danger, always trying. He throws the satchel to, <laughs> to Shorty to run away. He's fast. And he runs away. He runs away from them. He jumps onto the railing of the big staircase and slides down and says, if I wasn't being chased by crooks and and being shot at, this would be fun. He's having a ball. He goes, of course, the gangsters in the Keystone Cops way we're doing this, they have to try to go down the railing as well. (laughs) And they all end up in a heap at the bottom and then yelling at each other. Ah, classic. Well, Shorty, unfortunately, runs. He doesn't know the layout of the school, but he runs into the gymnasium. And it's got one of those, you know, he's been in the gym. The floor's slippery. He ends up falling on his ass. And he's like, oh, no, what should I do? Now, in the meantime, you have the perfect setup of what I said earlier. Jim Cotta, the karate of gymnastics, the deadly art of gymnastic karate, because all around are just gymnastics equipment. Now, little did we know that Shorty seems to be an Olympian. He seems to be the Nadia Kamenich of the detective set here. He's Mary Lou Retton, even. He is going to cause some trouble, not just to the gangsters, but to other people, as you see, because they are there. Okay, we're going to get you. We're going to shoot you. Give us that satchel. Shorty ends up jumping on a springboard, which flings him up in the air where he grabs onto a rope while he appears to maybe have that satchel in his teeth and he's climbing up. Muggsy, who obviously at this point you're well aware that Muggsy is the guy who's always told to do things. He's the shorty of the gangsters. Muggsy, go get him. Muggsy starts climbing up and Shorty ends up seeing this. And then ends up sliding down. Actually, let's go of his grip. So he slides down and kicks Muggsy straight in the face. As he tells us, he has not forgotten what happened earlier in the day with Muggsy. When he says, when I say there's four quarts in a gallon, I ain't fooling. Boom! Hits Muggsy. Muggsy may be dead. Muggsy is out. He's out cold. Well, you end up having Shorty then jump from the rope then. Jumps up to the parallel bars, swings around again. He's still holding the satchel. Nadia Kamenichi. He ends up, though, swinging around and from the end of the parallel bars, launches himself into the face of Slam Bradley, who has just shown up to save him, (laughs) knocks him out. Slam is out cold. So Shorty now freaks out. He doesn't know what to do. And this is something that actually intrigues me in this issue and makes me smile because shorty then runs to a ladder that goes up to pretty high up in this 
school, elementary school gymnasium that ends up having an elevated track, a round track around the gym. And the gym itself appears to be just this big round silo looking room. And on the top is just a non-railinged running track, which I'm sure many a kid have fallen from and died. And so Shorty takes off, but he's he's <laughs> he's running on a track that's just a circular track. There's no way else off this track but the ladder. So when he starts running, he he literally is running in circles. He's going to run. So the gangsters they climb up. Muggsy's still out. The other two guys go up, and you know they, they may be gangsters, but they realize if if he ran off this way. On a circular track, all we have to do is each of us run separate directions and we're going to trap them, which they do, because Shorty did not think this through when he went up here. And so you end up where Shorty's, he's cornered. He's done. And they're like, all right, let's get him. Let's get the satchel and then throw his ass off of here. And you end up having him freak out and yells for slam. Slam, help. Well, well, Slam, you you knocked him out. You ended up kicking him right in the butt. Well, thank God. Slam has woken up. He goes up on the gymnastic rings, which then allows him to swing all the way up to this track, grab Shorty between his legs, swing back down, launch himself off of those onto a high bar, where then he swings around a couple times, jumps, and then lands okay without hurting Shorty, who is literally in between his legs. So I don't know how this happens, but he ends up doing it. It is the triple Lindy of any sort of maneuver ever. I mean, really. So he ends up doing that, and then he ends up with the gangsters. They run down the ladder, which now appears to be stairs, and right, Slam just grabs him. He puts him into the double chokehold. He's gonna give him the sleeper, and and he's like, "Hey, what's going on, fellas?" And they're like, "You're breaking my neck!" Like, oh my god! So while this goes on, then he must tie them up to ropes that are hanging from the ceiling. Still don't know where Muggsy is because there's only two of them here. Muggsy must still just be knocked out while the police show up and say, "You know what's going on." Teachers running in, everybody's, oh my god, the excitement. And like, yeah, those are bank robbers. There, the the cops look and say, oh, the Blackmore gang, they have a pretty price on their head, Slam. It means a fat reward for you and Shorty. Shorty just says, I'll deal with this in the morning. I am beat up and tired. Kids beat me up, gangsters firing. Uh, before we go, of course, we have to end with what we always do. Miss Campbell, the sexy teacher, there's only two reasons she's in this book is because that made them stay, but somebody's got a smooch slam at the end. I mean, this is all that happens. She goes over, oh, Mr. Bradley, you were so plebe, and they start making out. <laughs> and you know that's not the end because that's where Shorty always has to open his mouth. Now, Shorty has ended up, I believe, been kissed by a dog. He's been punched in the face a couple of times all the time. When when Slam gets smooched, Shorty always says, well, we're partners and we share everything. What about me? Like I said, a dog kissed him, punched in the face a couple of times. It, it laughed at pretty much, you know, 
Nothing good comes from it. And he says it again. This time he just says, hey, ain't I going to be kissed too? Well, the big joke is that old teacher, (laughs) Miss Quail, the slams teacher who's 110 comes over. I'll kiss you and starts kissing him. And Shorty says, when will I ever learn to keep my mouth shut? The answer, Shorty, is never. And that's how it ends. So Slam and Shorty get the money. And Slam gets the smooching. And Shorty ends up with the, you know, the classic end joke as we always get. Now, with this, this is sexist. I mean, it really is. It's not as bad as it has been. But. We haven't had a lot of the overt racism, the the crazy bit. That first issue is the reason, mainly, in my mind, why you don't have any collections. That that first one, uh, the way that Slam depicts the Asians, where you had the yellow scare going on, there's reasons for it. It doesn't make it right. And it's very, well, we haven't had a lot of that since then. Well, when you see the next issue <laughs> and you see that it's slam bradley in mexico and and there is one of the most pretty much stereotypical mexican banditos attacking shorty as slam shows up this guy has a sombrero on he, i mean he's got it all and it's it's gonna be awful it's gonna be awful but it says next month our two daredevil detectives show a band of cutthroat mexican banditos what it means to be really tough. So I didn't even read that part before I did. Oh my. So we'll see. We'll see how bad that is. But yeah, that's the end of the issue. Shorty is classic. He, poor Shorty. I, I believe that by the time Batman shows up, Shorty probably will have been killed. He is always in danger. Slam always puts him in there. But thanks everybody for listening to the. The Detective Comics before Batman the Slam Bradley podcast. I hope that you had a couple chuckles with that. I'm going to go off now and do a bunch of other things uh, as I'm speaking. Me, I think Eric is trying to get a hold of me to do the regular podcast, so we're going to have to do that as well. But look for some more things. Thanks, everybody, for all your support, and I will talk to you soon. All right, and that is it, and I hope that you enjoyed that little sneak peek at one of our Patreon shows. I'm going to continue doing this every Thursday night, putting up random shows from the Patreon so that everybody can kind of figure out what it is all about. And I hope that you did have some fun here. But if you did enjoy it, again, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and pick a level that you can afford and get more and more and more podcasts like this one. But thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.